Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Hey there, how you guys all doing? We are at podcast number 365, Another Journey of Attachment. And we are at Insecure Attachment Identity Crisis. Yes, yes, yes. Am I a lone wolf? Am I a person who can be in a group? Am I even a person who can be in a relationship? Well, I probably have an identity attached to that now, don't I? So most insecurely attached people have an identity crisis. That is true. And a lot of times, they're not even aware of it. They're just either completely checked out and have no idea they do what they do or given it a label and said, well, this is my label and this is what I do. Or they're all over the map and they don't even know it. What I mean is, let's say many identify as introverts that are avoidance or anxious avoidance, but really they're isolationists and once off of work, maybe look for the sanctity of their home, right? Or once they've had enough and they feel like oversensitized babies do, you know, I used to always describe myself that way, then they need to get the fuck away from people, right? So sometimes the identity lets them come out and play for a bit in a group, but not get too close and do not bring them drama because they're going to run away again. Then you also have people that are the extroverted, insecurely attached people, right? The ones who cannot be alone and go from relationship to a relationship, People need, you know, people being around keeps them from dealing with what it is going on inside. And so they avoid too. But they let their outer actions look different than those that the lone wolf has. But they're basically both emotional isolationists, right? Both are two sides of the coin. So call it introverted, extroverted. The bottom line, and this is where I always come back to, is that any kind of insecure attachment is that you're not inwardly connected. You're not inwardly connected. You are outwardly trying to make a connection or avoid connection or have a connection you can handle, which is little tiny bits and pieces, and that way it'll just keep you distracted from yourself, right? But that's what we we tend to do. So where one may run from cover or run for cover, I'm sorry, run for cover from a group, the other one may make the group their thing, okay? Where one can't stand to be alone The other one craves being alone. So both need validation, but they have different ways of gaining it. One needs it overtly. The other one does not. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's, that's the case. So being in a group or avoiding them is a symbol of where you can do work with yourself. If you need to be in one or do not know who you are or you avoid them like the plague, there's a deeper reason, right? Like if people feel the need to have a group around them all the time or to belong to a group all the time and cannot be alone, that's a problem. And vice versa, if you find it really difficult to be in a group and you'd rather avoid it and you have a million excuses, then hey, guess what? There's something going on that you can absolutely work on. So there are gray areas. I'm talking too fast. Sorry, guys. There are gray areas as we are all individuals. And the point is there is an identity crisis here and that it's okay to cross the line into things you would never do because of your identity crisis. Because I know so many people that, let's say, oh, I'm introverted. And I used to say, and I do, I mean, I think I'm more introverted than extroverted. I'm extroverted in my work, but introverted in my life. And what I mean is 
In the old days, oh my God, I used it to avoid everything. If I could use that label, then it would excuse me from having to show up is the point. So when we use these labels, it excuses us on some level from having to show up. And then we have this identity now that we've given out to the world, and we don't even know if it's really our identity, okay? So again, there's an identity crisis, and it's really okay to decide to do things differently because you want to find things to look at. As you grow into valuing yourself, you actually find a balance between the extra and the intra. You find that your voice wants to be heard where you used to be quiet, and where you were loud, you have gotten quieter, speaking up when it really matters. Insecure attachment has a huge impact on our choices and how we see ourselves. So as you grow, be prepared to enter more of the middle ground rather than either extreme. And that's why I say that for me, because I am always me now wherever I go. And I used to say that I was me, but I was really uncomfortable all the time being me. In fact, I would always feel out of place, always, on, you know, when it came to the personal, almost I was drinking. And not that I was always drinking, because... I've kind of always been one of those people, I'll drink and then I don't drink. And, you know, it doesn't really matter to me one way or another for the most part. So for me, it's never been that. But I could say, oh, I I probably have loosened up more, you know, because alcohol has a tendency to loosen you up. But at the same time, yeah, I would have to absolutely say until I got to a point of valuing myself. And then when I got to a point of value myself excuse me, valuing myself. I don't have to drink. I do drink or, you know, but it's not so that I'm relaxed. It's because I love the taste of, let's say, wine or something, right? I love that. And so I get to enjoy it rather than use it as a form of relaxation or not feeling on pins and needles or uncomfortable because I feel like I have to perform in some way when I'm around people. I don't have that anymore. Now I just go. It's weird. I can't even explain it. Like, I don't have this whole head trip about the things that my husband and I do or I do because I no longer have all this shit tied to it where I had this identity before, okay? So an example is you you realize that you're alone on a Friday night, and whether you're the intro or the extra, meaning the introverted or the extroverted, or somewhere in between, you're either going to run for the cover of other people or you'll further isolate yourself, and maybe you even feel sorry for yourself. So in both instances, neither one is a true state. They are ways of avoiding your own emotional state. They are because the focus is not on you. The focus is on avoiding. Okay? So you would have an identity crisis if you are the extrovert or seeking the solace of your home. And let's say the intra, you would feel you would be feeling like you'd rather get run over by a herd of wild elephants before going out with a group of people, right? I mean, it's like, No, as an introvert, you're like, small groups, please, or one or two people. And an extrovert on a Friday night at home, what? Right? Not happening. So whatever you identify with, the question here is, why is one more of your, I'm sorry, (laughs) I can't even talk. Why is your comfort zone more one than the other? Like, why is it? See, All of these things I ask you guys are so you can ask these questions of yourself and get deeper. So you get to know yourself because getting to know yourself is really hard to do beneath a certain level. This is meant to do that. So whether you stay home and you ruminate on your stories or distract with TV or you go out and get caught up in partying and whatever is going on with others, you still accomplish avoidance. The key here is that you could do either going out or staying in if it was not a need, but instead a want. 
and that is switched. So that means you're in the middle, right? The middle of the road, not either extreme. That's the place to be because that's where the flow of life is. I don't have to be an introvert. I don't have to be an extrovert. I don't have to be insecurely attached either. No, I can change that shit. And you can. Call to action. Forget being a lone wolf or life of the party and focus instead on connecting to yourself emotionally so you choose so you choose comes from want, not need. I forgot a word in here. So what you choose comes from want, not need. <laughs> That's what happens when I write my own outlines. There we go. All right. Transition to this. Out of that, I hope you guys got that call to action. If you didn't, I'll repeat it two more times, by the way. Let's uh, move on here. So groups. Yeah, for me, this is a story about me and groups. So the word would make me do one of three things in the past. It would mean avoid completely, like not even considering it. Nope, not going to happen. Or I want to be in, in I want to be invisible. I didn't want anybody to notice me. I wanted to fly under the radar. Please don't notice me. Or sort of kind of show up and eventually tell myself that the group sucked and drop out of it. I was not a group person. And when I was a girl, you know, Girl Scouts, I never felt like I connected with others in a way that was meaningful. I always said I was introverted with some extroverted qualities at the time. In fact, when I did Girl Scouts, I think I did it more for the badges than for anything. <laughs> I mean, I remember getting all excited about getting badges and completing them. And I also like to be outdoors and go camping and things like that. So that was one of the reasons I love the outdoors, but I was just not a group person in my own mind because I didn't do well. I would always feel like I was having an out-of-body experience, right? I didn't trust myself to be okay or accepted. I kept waiting for people to tell me they didn't like me. I mean, I spent my whole life like that because, you know, I grew up in a household where I wasn't liked. So I just kept waiting for people to say, you know, I don't like you. And I would show up to groups feeling like I wasn't liked. And then sooner or later, of course, you're going to find somebody who doesn't like you, right? So I would always confirm that there was evidence right there. So I always felt better personally when it was me and one other person. When there was another person, I felt the urge to have to perform and get them to accept me and like me. And again, I never really knew how. I figured I would be rejected at some point by the group, so I would reject the group first. I'd find something wrong with it. That's why... When it came to me and another person and I would perform in a way that was, oh, I'm going to be a people pleaser. But if it was a group, I, I didn't know how to do that. Like I couldn't be a people pleaser to everybody or, you know, be what I thought each person in the group would want. So when it came to one person and myself, then I knew, you know, I had to be perfect and perform and do all this shit. That's that's what I would do. So as I worked on myself, groups did not have the same edge to me as they once did like a handful of years ago when I was looking at places of popping out and making myself uncomfortable, I took up hiking. I'd hiked on and off over the years. I always loved hiking, but not in the way that I said, no, I want to hike with a group. I want to belong to a hiking club. So it became a group I committed to and wanted to stick with in terms of not finding excuses to leave. And I did it at that point. I understood that in stepping out of my comfort zone, I was making a change. And it was great. Like in the beginning, I had so much fun in this group. We all bonded. It was fun. Like we go on these hikes and it was men and women. And, you know, we all felt like we were, um, how do I put this? Like we were really supportive of each other, you know? And we all had fun. I remember laughing and 
everybody wanted to go out and eat afterwards and we'd have these parties. And I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun, you know, and then of course, drama always seems to happen, right? There's all sorts of drama that starts to come up when you have a group where people are making friendships and maybe some people like other people more than as a friend. It's things like that, you know, um, or somebody is more, how do I put this? Like, you know, where someone's personality might grate on someone else's. And so someone's like, God, doesn't so-and-so bother you or, or whatever, you know, just shit like that. And for me, I managed to not get to my old me ways of dealing with it. And I didn't get attached in it because what would happen to me in groups in the past is I would somehow end up in the middle of all the drama by trying to be the peacemaker of the drama. And I didn't try to do that. I just stepped my ass out. <laughs> I mean, I stayed in the group, but I didn't engage with it. Like it didn't, it didn't go back and forth. I wasn't calling people. Oh my God, can you believe it? But people were calling me because they knew I was a coach. And so it's like, oh, let's involve Tracy. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. And I just kept taking my, my, myself out. And, you know, I stayed with the group, I became um, a hiking leader. And, and we broke off into smaller groups at times. And it was funny, because I think I meant that I probably mentioned this a bunch of times how there was these other three women that I would hike with one of them, a lot. And the other two, I, I hiked with quite a bit. But the funny part is that we were all the same, like, you know, we were all introverted, and had extroverted qualities, and we all preferred to fly under the radar, and we were all super independent, and it was just all of these things. And it was like, oh my God. I mean, we were looking in the mirror, right? So anyways, I learned a lot though from being in a group where I, in the past, this is my point, I, in the past, no way. I'd just go and be by myself. Well, I didn't want to, and I really, really loved it. So that was in comparison to when I had joined team and training 10 years before that and ran my first marathon, right? I joined that group and that was a huge group. And what was funny is that at times I would run with the group, but I didn't like how I felt. I was, I mean, I, <laughs> I really had problems with being in a group, although I was never the one to speak up or say much. And when I was a kid, I think I said more and I spoke up more. But as I got older, I just tried to fly under the radar wherever it was. And so um, oftentimes when I was training for the marathon, which is 26.2 miles, I would get my mentor to just run with me and he and I would go run earlier than the group. You know, we do these like 22 mile runs on our own and I preferred that and I felt more comfortable that way. So that was many years ago. That was shit. That was 15 years ago. I ran a marathon. Damn, time has flown. Anyway. So that's, that's what I did. And I'm just trying to show you guys how, yeah, I went from don't want to be a part of a group, trying group, didn't like the group, you know, with the team and training. And, um, and then coming back to being able to be in a group with the hiking group. So anyways, it was just really fascinating. And so this translated to my work too. I'm sharing this too, because for a long time, I thought, oh, groups? Nah, these people aren't going to want a group. And then I would try groups and they would fail. Like, I, I shouldn't say that. In the very beginning, when I first started coaching people in person, that's how I started, um, I would do groups and, and they were okay. They weren't ever huge, but hey, I was just starting out, not bad. And then I didn't do them for a lot of years because then I didn't know how I was going to do it because I kept thinking nobody would want to do it. 
Because, you know, of course, I'm thinking, well, they're going to be like me. They're not going to want to do it. And what's funny is I've done groups and they've all done well. The one that has done extraordinarily well, as I've talked about, is my anxious avoidance slash avoidant group, which is hilarious because you have people that are avoidance in there and they're not. And they end up stepping up and becoming part of a group and feeling really supported and great. So I had all these theories about it, though, and that's why I'm sharing it. Like, I had a lot of theories about it that were bullshit because you don't have to choose an identity like I did. I had this label on me and that really kept me small in my life. So for you guys, fuck any kind of label you're giving to yourself because it doesn't work in terms of your happiness. It will never make you happy. All right. Let's get to that. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. And for me, I enjoy being in the middle ground. That was my happy ending. <laughs> you know, I no longer weigh things out by the who is going to be there or what's required of me. I just show up and I let everything be as it is. And so I connect to myself, whether I'm at home with my husband or a group of people somewhere. It's something that was impossible for me to do for years. So call to action. For, forget being a lone wolf or life of the party and focus instead on connecting to yourself emotionally. So what you choose comes from want, not need. Why is this important? Well, fitting yourself into your own predefined identity, aka your tiny perception of yourself, will always keep you in a state of anxiety or unrest. Stepping through your ideas of who you can be, who you are, can bring fear up to be annihilated once and for all. Why wouldn't you want that? Seriously, why wouldn't you want that? But hey, I know what you're thinking. I'm really comfortable hiding away from people. Or I don't like people. I hate people. I hear this one all the time. I can't be alone. Then I'll be stuck with me and my feelings. And that makes me want to hurl. Mm, that sounds like fun, huh? Well, you can keep on keeping on with believing you are one identity or the other. That you're just built this way when you're not. You're not. You can change it. The more you allow yourself to value yourself, love yourself, and take care of yourself, the better you feel. The better you feel means you will find yourself in all places you never would have in a million years, including a healthy relationship, a healthy job, or anything else, which is a reflection of where you find yourself now, not the person you used to see yourself being. Seriously, this whole label bullshit will go away. All right, I got four tips. One, Ask yourself why you see yourself with a specific identity. What are the pros and what are the cons? You want to find the benefit because it is what keeps you stuck in an identity crisis. Two, try to step outside of this identity with curiosity. Do something you never do. Join a group or spend time alone depending on which you try to always do. Break the pattern and see how uncomfortable you are. Three, when you do the action, why are you uncomfortable? What is your discomfort telling you? Dig deep, people. Dig deep. You want to know the deeper answers so that you're not a mystery to yourself. Because that is the big thing. You don't want to be a mystery to you. Okay? So, four. What are you learning about yourself by taking this bold action? Yeah. Pretty good, huh? All right. I'm going to give you the call to action for the last time. Forget being a lone wolf or life at the party and focus instead on connecting to yourself emotionally. So what you choose comes from want, not need. You have a universal right. 
Yes, you have the right to keep on being someone else besides you, or you can challenge your preconceived notion about who you are and find there's a whole life outside of it. I got two related podcasts. Number one, number 255, Journey of Attachment, The Fantasy of Someone Else's Life. And number 202, All the Ways We Hide Ourselves. Those are both good ones. Okay. You got a question? Podcast at tracycrossley.com is the best place to send it. Or if you have a topic you want to hear, no problem. Send it there. And then yeah, I will probably answer the question on Facebook Live every Thursday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 Eastern Time. And if you want to step it up and really break some uh, rules here with yourself and make some change happen, I suggest you take my 30-day course. It will up-level what you do inside of these podcasts, and you will feel like a groovy person, let me tell you. You will change your life. Want to change it even more? Join one of my groups. Join my avoidant group slash anxious slash anxious avoidant group. You, my friend, will definitely shift. I mean, I see it. I hear it. It happens with every single person that joins this group. So I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Okay, guys, I'm going to go. Take care. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com.